The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the 22nd chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Is that me? Sorry about that, guys. Let me just make sure that we tighten this thing up a little bit. There we go. Luke 22, verses 7 through 20, and it is found in, on page 1637 of your pew Bible. Luke records, Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. And Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it, they asked. And he replied, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large room upstairs that is all furnished. Make preparations there. So they left, and they found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks and he said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. This is the gospel of the Lord Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Monday, Thursday, standing in faith is the name of this sermon. Nobody in here, I don't think, has had the experience of riding in a, well, yeah, you rode in a car seat. Did they have car seats when you were itty-bitty? No? Yeah. You had a car seat, right? No, I'm not. I, yeah, I'm looking at you, little sister. You had a car seat. Most of us didn't have an experience of having car seats. Um, most of us were, well, for me, I remember um, being sitting on my mom's lap in the front seat. 
with, I don't think she, she wore a, a seatbelt. It just, you know, it wasn't done. She had her arms around me, and more than likely at some point in time during the trip, if it was a long one, she and my father were smoking cigarettes. So, I mean, all that safety thing, you know, kind of goes out the window. But in pre- preparation of the sermon, um, I was thinking about this analogy or this, this example to give to you, and that is, is that most every child in the modern age has the experience um, of this, and that is that you get into a car seat. Now, one thing I did have an experience for, and maybe you did too, but when I was little and I would fall asleep on the couch, apparently I had the ability to be teleported from the couch to my bed. Did anyone else have that? Right? So, so work with me. So you can remember that kind of thing. It's a wonderful thing. You go to sleep and bam, there you wake up and it's morning and you're in your bed. So as I said, most children have had this experience in modern times. That is that um, he gets into a car late in the evening after a long day and is placed, buckled in five points or four points. I don't know how many of the points they have now, safely into his seat, into his baby seat. And in, in usually in my experience with my own children, it takes less than 10 minutes for them to be sound asleep. They're so very tired that nothing can wake them up. Man, I wish I could sleep like that again. How about you? He doesn't realize how long it takes to get home. He just simply and soundly sleeps. And I remember finally that the car would pull up into the driveway and either I or Tracy would get out and go and reach into the back seat and unbuckle one of those boys and carry them up safely to his room and gently lay them down and put the cover over them and oftentimes a little kiss and a prayer. And it isn't until the morning that that little boy wakes up and the last thing he remembers is getting into the car. Now he's safely in his own bed, in his own bedroom, in his own house. And when he got into the car the previous night, he did so in complete faith that he would get home safely. He was so trusting that he could sleep within 10 minutes through an entire car ride home. Though he never knew how it all happened, this little boy or this little boy's faith and trust in his parents meant that he never had a doubt, not one doubt, that he would arrive home safely. And as he gets out of bed the following day, standing in faith that his parents take care of him, protect him, and give him whatever he needs to live every day, this is what that child expects, believes, trusts. Today we commemorate the first Monday Thursday when Jesus took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. And we remember him giving 
the new covenant, the new testament in his blood to drink. And more than that, we stand in faith today as as the Lord Jesus gives us his very own body and blood to eat and to drink so that we are forgiven our sins and that we are strengthened in that very same faith, a faith like a child. In his sermon for Monday, Thursday in 1534, Martin Luther said this. He said, the bread he proffers in his body and the cup or wine is his blood of the new covenant in his blood. And in childlike faith, we should partake without doubting and believe it to be so, without doubting that he is present in, on, above, throughout, all around that particular bread and that particular wine, the true blood, the true body. However, you could say this. Now, pastor, isn't that a little easier said than done? I mean, you say so, but too often we have the doubting faith of an adult rather than the trusting faith of a child who falls asleep in a car seat and wakes up in his own bed. We often look at the wafer that's placed into our mouth. We taste the wine that we drink, and we wonder, how? How do these things, how these things can be filled to the full with the body and the blood of Jesus? How is that possible? We experience awful things in our lives, and we find it difficult to to trust in a Savior that we cannot see because we're adulting. We've lost that ability to see and have faith like a child. We've lost and we find it difficult to trust in a Savior that we cannot see. Our sin gets in the way of our faith and we trust more We trust more in earthly things than we do in eternal God. It's okay. I do too. I'm not saying you. I'm saying we. In our adulting, we don't understand. Listen. Listen to me now. In the same sermon that Luther that I quoted earlier, Luther said this, Therefore we should leave God's word and work undisputed and ask only who has spoken the word and who has done the work. Whether God or man has spoken it, whether it's God's or man's work, that's the question that we ask. Whose work is it? Is it your pastor's work? Or is it God's work in that, in that element? 
and Christ's perfect work on that cross that makes it so. And here's what he says. If it is God's word and work, then close your eyes and do not dispute and inquire as to how it comes about. But believe, just believe that God is all omnipotent and truthful in his words and work. We take him at his word. God, Jesus said, this is my body. Not, this is symbolic of my body. It's really bread, but gee, guys. No, he says, this is my body given for you. This is the new covenant in my blood given for you. His promises is in there. Luther is telling us to trust like a child in a car seat. Trust in, as a child that God says something. If he says it, it's true. And he follows through. Just like the parent that drives that child home and puts him safely into bed. And when he makes a promise, it is always fulfilled. You've heard me ask this. Which promises does God keep? All of them. And when he creates faith, he provides the means to strengthen that faith. Does sometimes your faith feel a little dry? Well, he gives us the means through this sacrament and through his word and through his Holy Spirit to strengthen that faith. And that's why God says through the prophet Jeremiah, as Ken read tonight, he says, I will put my law within them. I will write it down on their hearts, on your heart. Beautiful calligraphy that says, I am a child of God. I belong to Jesus. He wrote it on your hearts. And he says, I will be their God and they shall be my people. Which promises does he keep? He's keeping that one. You're his. And so it's not our own shaky truths that we should trust or that we can trust. And our God has placed his word in our hearts. Our God has created in us a faith to completely trust the word that comes from his mouth. So when he says, take and eat, this is my body. And he says, take and drink. This is my blood given and shed for you. It is the firm and faithful word of God that puts Jesus' body and blood into the bread and the wine. It is the firm and faithful word of God that uses that same body and blood to strengthen your faith so that you trust his words when he says, when he says these words that you trust, he says, your sins are forgiven. That's what he's telling you in the bread and in the wine. With your sins forgiven, you stand strongly in the faith and you proclaim to the world the death of Jesus 
every time that you eat and drink his body and blood that were sacrificed for you and for me on that cross. Faith in the heart never fails to come out of the mouth with thanksgiving and praise. After all, faith in the heart is really Jesus in the heart. He's there to help you, to heal you, to cause you to stand in the faith. And you received him when you were baptized. You were joined into a death like his. And you experienced the resurrection like his. And you're clothed in the Holy Spirit through your baptism, through the word and the water and the faith and the Holy Spirit's power on that. You are his child. So as you come tonight to the table, come as a child, trusting that what Jesus gives in this meal is precisely what he says, what he says it is. That is that it's the New Testament in his blood poured out for you on the cross. Come as a child, trusting that this very same blood washes you clean of sin and sinfulness. Come as a child, trusting that the Lord's Supper strengthens your faith to be even more childlike. Come as a child, trusting in a life-giving meal that you don't completely understand. Come as a child with certain faith, never doubting that your Savior will carry you safely to your heavenly home. So whether you are asleep or awake, stand in the faith that Jesus takes care of you, that Jesus protects you, and that Jesus gives you whatever you need to live the Christian life Every day. In the name of Jesus, amen.